Greatest of Time, Sunday night here on KZSM.org for ISIS with our host, Kathy Laura. And uh, Kathy, who do we have as your guest tonight? Well, we want to welcome back our very first guest that we had on the Raices show. And we have with us this evening, Rachel Cervantes Martinez, otherwise known as Dear Rach. That's right. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me back. Rob, thank you for always welcoming me <laughs> to and, your show. Oh, next break, we're going to get that mic taken care of. I'm sorry. It's okay. No worries. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the I'm show. I'm loud anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the show. We're glad to have you back. And of course, um, we want to talk about, as we know, that uh, National Hispanic Month is, is going to start um, right around the 15th. I think September the 15th, and it goes all the way to October. Yep. And so um, uh, there's a lot of significance for uh, September. Um, the, um, the largest Mexican holiday in Mexico is the 16 de September. Mm-hmm. And for those people that don't know that, that particular holiday is um, steeped in, um, I guess what we would call a revolution because um, uh, Father Hidalgo uh, Castilla uh, read a proclamation uh, on the ch- uh, ch- uh, church steps, uh, and it was called the Grito de Hidalgo in the in the state of what is now Guanajuato in Mexico. Right. And so there there were a lot of things that were going on uh, in Mexico at that time. Um, there was the uh, of course the issue with the indigenous that that were being treated very harshly. There was the issue of of taxes. And then, of course, the uh, the main part of the revolution was the uh, Costa system that Mexico had uh, at the time. And so there was a lot of friction between the Spaniards that were living here in, in North America and those that were coming in from Spain. So if uh, you've ever seen that ridiculous Costa system poster that the Spanish had, um, it kind of told you who everybody was. And so if you were born in Spain and came to uh, New Hispania, you were considered above those Spaniards that were already here. Mm -hmm. So you were already uh, a level below. And so that caused a lot of friction. So that was another reason for, for, for the war. But as we now know, um, because of that event, uh, Mexico became its own its own country in in what is now part of uh, North America, from Mexico all the way to the Yucatan. It's now Mexican. But I always wondered, growing up as a child, why we celebrated it here, because of course you're you know you're, you're American, you live here, and so right. I never really had an understanding as to why. But then as you start to grow and you start to listen to the history lessons and you realize that a large part of us that were living here um, in what is now Texas, California, Arizona, New Mexico were at one time both of Spanish and then of Mexican nationality. So that deal of the independence of Mexico stayed and continue to be celebrated by those mm-hmm. of us that the descendants that were left here. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it, it's it's a good history and it, it's a great holiday. Right. And so, you tell me a little bit about um, how y'all celebrated this says growing up. Right, it is. It it definitely changes here. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, well, for for me, it's mm-hmm. Texas because that's where I live. But it definitely is a, a change here in our celebration here it's more not so much the history is brought up which is it's important that we do 
remember uh, understand acknowledge totally understand the history behind that i think a lot of our culture is just who's playing what music is is uh, what celebrations are happening throughout the community uh during the desi says and um these are celebrations that started back uh in 19 i think 1946 was centro Monte, uh uh, um, I believe they started a parade back in 1946 and then 1947 is actually when they started the uh, Fiestas Patrias. Uh -huh. um, Along with their, the, queen, the Queen celebration. The Queen yeah. coronation <laughs> as well. And um, they would have different puestos and, and have different food in celebration of it. So it was um, a special time um, for one, it's just gathering the community together and doing um, all that, you know, all the food. And, and it for, for me, it was more cultural, the foods. Um, and I think that's something that we definitely need to continue um, to do is food speaks in volumes. And you can carry conversation for hours just talking about food i know that that's one of the areas that that i'm accustomed to just always conversating with but it's amazing how you can learn a lot about people and their culture just from a discussion of food so and i think you you kind of said it a little bit correctly because if we go back to the 1800s and we think okay from 1800s to now, look at how many centuries have gone by already. We're talking for almost three centuries. Yes. And so you, t you tend to lose a little bit of the history part because we're so now um, assimilated to the history that we have now being mm -hmm. American citizens. Right. And so it kind of has evolved from that history thing to more of a social kind of atmosphere. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. Because that's... I, I think it's because the education of the history of it that it get it gets falls lost. to the wayside. Yeah. The, uh, uh, Mr. Mendoza isn't there to tell you the full history. Oh, he can talk. He could talk for hours, <laughs> and and I'm real good friends with Mr. Mendoza's uh, granddaughter, <laughs> and she would say, "Ay, there goes abuelo," you know, up there talking, and and I would say the same thing about my dad during yeah. history uh, during our reunions. Uh -huh. He would go up there and just talk for hours and hours and hours. And and my mom would even tell him, you know, don't talk so much. You know, she would tell him in Spanish. But I think it's because of generations, too. Um, if you if you didn't go through something, you, you, you don't feel it, and so it's not important to you. It's kind of like now I remember my dad would say, oh, you know, we would get up and we would go to school and we would work in the cotton fields. But as that generation progressed they didn't want their kids to have the life that they had yes. so you don't know the value of how of what hard work was for the generation above when you don't have to pick cotton or you don't have to go and work in uh in 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 you know picking beets or potatoes or whatever it is right. that people did to sustain themselves i think that you that don't is, have an appreciation for that yeah that is that is uh, a good point that you brought out because um just a couple of months ago um I had traveled to West Texas to see some of my family up there, and um, I was fortunate enough to gather some of my cousins around, and because on the drive up there, you know, my daughter Allie had asked, you know, about my, my uncle, and, um, and wanted to know anything about him, and I, I felt 
horrible that I'm like, to be honest, I really don't have much information about him. I said, but I'm going to try to do my best to gather my cousins. And, and that way we can learn about, you know, my uncle Desiderio. So how was he related to you? Desiderio is my father's oldest brother. And so Allie was so intrigued with him. Um, this was a man that was an entrepreneur just loved like he was definitely a community oriented man and you talked about the trabajos you know the field workers that's what he would do you know and 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 they took me through the history of where he started and how he started and like he was he owned a restaurant in a community um in like smithfield bastrop area they weren't too clear he owned a restaurant there um it was during the era of discrimination so he recalls that he could only you know seat the the whites in the front and the blacks in the back and it was just i mean hmm. ally is 20 years old she doesn't understand discrimination i mean we, yeah. we don't see it in, in as these, much as much in these days and so she was she just couldn't believe that that was happening in those times but just how my uncle would carry families from this area in the back of trucks and go to west texas to do the field work. so so he he would organize the workers that would go and then they would travel yeah, to him, wherever they would him go. and my grandfather would so that's where i I believe that our family knows so many people in town is because they all do used to do what they call trabajos mm -hmm. back in the day. They would go and do trabajos and uh, with send families up there to do this work and then they'd come back and and just to hear what kind of man he was because I was young. I didn't meet him, but I was I was still very young uh when when he was alive. And so he was such a generous man like he back then they did uh food credit or you know a whole bunch they would he would provide all the food in this back of this truck and i'm imagining this no refrigerator like nothing was kept cold or it was just sandwiches and or tacos and and drinks and sodas but if the families did not have enough to feed he would credit you know their but you had parents. an honor system back then and i think that too is lost today because oh, you know yes. you know back then you could say well i'll take this and i'll pay you and you took people at their word and then you allowed it it's kind of like the Arredondos used to do here. They, you know, they had a, a credit system there. You'd you go in and you'd buy stuff, and then you'd come in at the end of the month, and then you'd pay. And I know because my dad had a had a had a, a credit system there. You know, we'd yeah. go in, yeah. and you, Nick and I we loved going in there on Friday, and we'd go in. You know, we'd order whatever, and then we'd walk from there back home. What was the store right off of um, Hopkins? Oh, where where at? where the gun shop is or the gun oh cl shop? Uh, clunkers the clunkers yeah we used to go and see Miss Clunker too there was a credit <laughs> yeah. my parents had there yeah. too as well Mrs Clunker so, yeah isn't it so awesome the honoring system that we had back then and that was based but on that was trust. like in the seventies back then right that was based yeah. on trust like okay and just to put that into everyone else's perspective we do this around this town where we talk about I know what the gun store was from twenty years ago because that was it it, it has shifted over but that is now 
uh, there on Hopkins, uh, the just city has the city has the uh, marshal service mm -hmm. has yes. a uh, has that office there. But mm -hmm. Clunkers was next door, right? So that's the gun shop, and then Clunkers was next door in that long building. Yes, yeah. yes, because I think it's oh, that's that's now. now the properties. Yes, they've yeah. got One that into apartments. Now. Yeah. So okay. we would there right behind that is my uncle's property. And so we would build a little trail to walk over there, you know, and we'd run over there. We would have a quarter and we could buy, you know, a drink chips and mm -hmm. but those. And, and it's so important, you know, as we, we talk, we're talking about this, he says, correct? But yet it goes into a platica, it goes into a discussion. And those are things that like growing up were so nourishing that we tend to not do those as much because as I was talking to my to my my cousins about my uncle you know I asked the question do your kids know the story he was such an entrepreneur he was always looking to provide for his family they lacked nothing there was so much that he provided for his family you know always and always thinking what what is the next project what is something else I can do so I think in discussion, those platicas cannot get lost in your home at all. Okay, so let's. Uh, it's time for a station ID break here, Kathy. We're going to come back and uh, we're talking about the ACCs uh, with Tia Richa and uh, here on KZSM.org, Rises and Kathy Lara will be right back after this uh, quick station day. Of philosophy and popular music on KZSM.org, your true community radio in San Marcos, Texas. This is our second season of Philosophy and Popular Music, and we're on at a new day and time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Sundays, right here on kzsm.org. Wow, that's been one take. That was impressive. Hi, I'm Tony Wilson, host of Roots and Branches on Sunday afternoons from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m here on kzsm.org. I play all kinds of music from Texas and beyond. So join me on Sundays at 2 on kzsm.org, San Marcos's true community radio station. Revolving Door is your local radio show where we host the best live bands in our downtown San Marcos studio every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. Tune in to kzsm.org to hear the best of your local live bands for 32 minutes to an hour as we get them in and get them out and on air. San Marcos Sports News with On The Record Sports. Join host Jude McLaren every Thursday at 5 p.m. right here on KZSM.org. On The Record Sports is presented by the San Marcos Daily Record.
And yes, we do have uh, On the Record Sports is back again for the fall. We're back into Rattler season and all sorts of things happening there with uh, the Rattlers and with Texas State and sports and catch up and also the Blitz we have for your sports connection uh, here every Saturday morning as well at 11 o'clock. But for right now, every Sunday night, not for right now, but I mean the show on right now, but uh, for every Sunday night, uh, Kathy is here bringing us different guests talking about our past, present, and future with Riasis. So, Rachel, I want to ask you this question or, or talk about this because you mentioned your uncle and um, how he would assemble the, the work, workers that were going to go out to do uh, the uh, migrant work in the fields. And September isn't a, a, a reason that it's also big in the Hispanic community is because at the end of September um, is when so many of the people here in San Marcos would get ready to go to the Piscas. Right. And so, of course, the Piscas are when the people are going out to follow the crops. And so the first place that they would go to is back to West Texas because the cotton is coming in. Mm -hmm. And so um, give me a little bit of insight about it, your your uncle and the work that he did there. And you said, go, you know, going down there. What else did he do? Did he just primarily go to West Texas or did he go to other places besides besides West Texas? Yes, he did. Um, they did travel a lot. Um, I don't know exactly the locations. I just know that, um, well, let's see, they did go to California. Mm -hmm. They would go out of state as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I know my uh, primarily their, their discussion was just in West Texas. But yes, it I mean, and it, I guess we were just so amazed because you you look at the era that we were in, they, you know, I asked the education about their education, were they going to school? Because my grandfather had a big family, you know? And so it was like, what about school? Did, did y'all go to school at all? And he was like, no, we would, we would go to go to work, you know, in the fields. And so, um, they would travel there. They would do different types of piscas depending on uh, what was in season or who they contracted, uh, you know, their jobs with. But I guess I was just amazed of like little to no education. How did they write? How did they? And I think the importance of it was during that time was there was always one member of the family that carried the books. <laughs> here to say i mean i think he carried his own books he was like he knew everything and and would know what to pay the workers i mean here of course you got to be an accountant to have one of those kinds of positions right and and to know that like wait a minute who taught him mathematics who taught him any of that business aspect of it and he says that's what i mean my uh, my dad was was an entrepreneur he just was focused he knew what he wanted to do and it was money was never an option for him it was always you know god will provide god will provide you know and so even just to put credit you know back in those days people didn't have money so for him to put credit on this food of the workers that he would take up there and the gas that was needed to take he wasn't worried about those all he saw was this family was in need and we were going to provide for them and we'll worry about it later you know that says a lot about about him but i mean 
my uncle is just one story you know how many more people in our community did the same thing and are these are these stories shared with our with our children because if you don't share this then the story gets lost then the this he says gets lost because the SE says it's more than just a celebration of knowing who's playing in the community. It's no, it's what really happened. Mom, Dad, tell me your story. What were you doing during that time? Did you work the fields? Some some kids don't even know if their parents worked. Do you think the ACE says is about um, you know Mexican versus American or is it more that like Christopher Columbus was for the Italian Americans you know for Columbus Day right you know we created this holiday that was Italian or the Greeks I know I had friends that you know you've got each of your ethnicities I, I do think that it's been turned into something that's negative that oh because you celebrate DAC says that you're un American you're more geared towards Mexico no I don't I don't think I think it's it's more of a, a celebrating our culture yeah. celebrating our culture I don't think we've really looked at it that way well, and correct me if I'm wrong no Kathy, I, but I, I, think. I think and I it's personally speaking I think for myself that I I don't see I don't see it that way I think especially if you know your history you know the um, events that brought those of us that are here from the very beginning mm -hmm. To how we got here now we've never we've never really left this place you know we a lot of us our ancestors have been here since 1750 some since 1691 here in texas yeah. mm -hmm. so how can you say that that it's a uh, an encroachment or you know we, we're not uh, patriotic mm -hmm. because we are I think if you look at the history of a lot of the hispanic men rachel's father for example world war ii 500,000 Hispanics fought in World War II, but they don't get the credit that they deserve, but yet mm -hmm. we're unpatriotic. So I don't think it's us that sees it that way. I think it's the view from the other side that sees it this way, especially because uh, um, we now are not um, in one place for a very long time. We have so many people that leave and come over here and don't understand our history. They, they, they're over there and they go by what they've heard and then they come over here not realizing that, oh my God, there was a whole indigenous community here before the Spanish got here, mm -hmm. just like there was, you know, when you look at North, at, you know, at, at America, North America, that way uh, towards the Atlantic Sea. There were indigenous people before the English got here. So I think it depends on how you see it and, and what you don't know and the reality of how it really is. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, that's just my opinion. I don't know if that's yeah, how, how, how you see it. But it, once again, it goes to the culture. You know, uh, I remember my dad used to say, here the Mexicans were throwing their tacos away because they didn't want to eat them in school. Mm -hmm. But now there's a stinking taco place just like on every corner. Yeah. And, oh, my God, you know, when you were Hispanic, you could afford to eat the things that were given away or cheap things, you know. Fajitas was inexpensive. Tripas was inexpensive. Menudo was inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Lengua. Have you seen the price of lengua? <laughs> yes. You know, it's and like okay. 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Maybe even 60 in some so, areas. Oh, so man. now it's, uh, it's supply, supply and demand, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think we're getting a little bit off, off topic <laughs> here. But anyway, no, so I think that's it. But it's cult culturally. Um, foods. Let's talk about foods. Foods that celebrate the Assis Seis. And um, 
I want to ask you this question because you have your cooking show. And for those of us that, that have grown up here in Texas, we have this thing called Tex-Mex food. And it's mm-hmm. the things that, that we make with the, with the product that, that was given here. Do you incorporate, or now that we're seeing so many people come in, we're seeing all these different kinds of foods that we're calling Mexican food but not Tex-Mex food. Mm-hmm. Do you incorporate any of the, of, of the Mexican cuisine into your Tex-Mex stuff, or is it primarily Tex-Mex? No, I, I do incorporate that. I learn a lot from mm-hmm. other other areas. Um, for instance, right now the hot meal is, or the, the hot taco is the uh, birria yeah. tacos. Mm-hmm. I say tacos, uh, Tejas birria, shout out to Tejas birria. But um, birria tacos is big, you know, and uh, that's not something that was nor- is the normal here. But it's just the way it's cooked, and and people love it. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely, if we stop cooking, other cultures will pick it up because they mm-hmm. they go out and travel the world and try new new mm-hmm. things. And next thing you know, they open a restaurant and they say, "Hey, let's do this," because I tried it somewhere. And so I think um, sometimes we just need to just step out of our comfort zone and and just do those things. Just for instance, in my Thea Rage, I stepped out and just to, to other people, it may just be, oh, she just makes basic recipes. But I can't be focused in on that voice because there are so many other uh, communities that don't even know how to cook a simple meal and so it's important that we 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 learn other cultures food because um you know here we're so used to a red sauce a salsa and then here comes a green sauce and then here comes the pineapple with jalapenos that's more of like a hawaiian style hot sauce and don't don't discredit other areas other you know uh, other cultures food (laughs) learn to incorporate that and make it because i think that's what starts the the community the love the share sharing your food i remember the first time i tried pastor and it was like what, what is that? Is and it was like, too. oh my God, this is so good. Now <laughs> Mercedes comes home and she's like, I better have some pastor tacos ready because yeah. those are like her favorite. Yeah. The little street tacos like that. Yeah, she definitely. She eat them for days. Yeah. So I think, you know, you you have to allow yourself to be able to get out of your bubble and respect the other cultures and the foods and the music and the traditions that they have too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important too because even though we are um, at one time we were under the the Spanish, uh, well not Spanish, but Mexican flag, right? But Mexico was so wide and it's so huge and every single state has its own um, thing that they're famous for, their mm. own dish. The gastronomy is yeah. different everywhere you go. Yeah. And it's yeah. not all the same as, as, as big as Mexico is, you know, the right. dishes are different wherever you go. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really losing a lot of the foods because even during the... Uh, uh, fiestas patrias mm-hmm. you would have a lot of the more authentic mm-hmm. mexican foods where people were actually making tomales out there people were actually making gorditas out there it's mole be- mole mole yeah. tripas 
you know people don't want to go through that much trouble let's just do something easy, easy. you know but it's just those let's go buy a box foods. of chicken right <laughs> yeah, yeah let's just pick up a box of chicken yeah. but it was all those ladies that would be there three or four days you know and just from just even like our jamaica different jamaicas even going on throughout the throughout the community the parish, yeah. yeah celebrating the, the disease says and those are you know different things foods that are people go for the food people go for the food but yeah. don't you think it's funny that people are more going crazy over taco bell bringing back the mexican pizza okay you know then then people are interested in finding real authentic food yeah, yeah. You know that it's just this marketing that we've got this this craziness that we we've got it when it comes to our fast food and our food and and our food choices well i think too it's hard work i think at mall it took like seven days to make you know by the time you started and you did all you know your roasting of your um chiles and all that and your peanut butter and mm -hmm. you know of course all that was made by hand too or even when you kill a hog look at all the work that goes into that yeah. You know, if you did that on a ranch, you know, you got to you clean it, you take all the skin off. And I remember my uncle used to do that. And, you know, the older guys, that their job was to make the chicharrones. And that was like my favorite. It's like, oh, I'm just right. waiting for that to come out because there's nothing like the taste of a chicharron that comes straight out of a pipe. Oh, yeah. Nothing yeah. at all. And I mean, I don't think a lot of people know the work that it involves Bugs. that it entails or we have had that experience up. yeah yeah we saw it well me i was younger but i saw it from the kitchen door you know mm -hmm. but all the aunts and uncles would come over and it would be like a weekend thing and then afterwards was the tamales mm -hmm. and so the importance of it is is that there was work being done there and you were appreciative of the outcome yes the the fact that we were all playing with our cousins was one thing that was that was a plus but it was like Learn to appreciate the hard work that that takes place. Well, the meal that comes with it too, because mm -hmm. you work so hard to put this spread on the table. Yes. But it's gone so fast. Yes. And and it takes money. It, yeah. And <laughs> and I think a lot of I think when you're younger, you don't really appreciate that. It's kind of like what Augustine said. I didn't yeah. appreciate the place that I came from, but now that I'm older, I see. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the thing, and I think a lot of it's because we don't have these conversations with our kids when they're young. We wait till they get older, and it's like I told you, I paid attention to a lot, but I really didn't understand the significance until after I got older. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, it's taken a, t a full turn because mm -hmm. my oldest daughter has said, Mom, you were the way you were, but I've come to appreciate it now that I'm older. I didn't understand it as a kid, and I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been running you because mm -hmm. you knew more than me. You were older than me. So, you know, I think we as parents need to continue mm -hmm put our foot down and and that discipline that happens in our children and that could be a whole other conversation that we could have you know? well let's have that conversation on the other side of the station id break you are listening to kzsm.org true community radio this is riasis here on a sunday night from seven until eight o'clock and uh, please send a message out to friends say hey we have got some great community radio with some great discussions going on down here downtown listen in send them a message and uh, by the way that uh, this uh, the views expressed on the show are those of the hosts the guests and not necessarily those of kzsm or smtxcra we'll be right back with you I think I got the wrong house. Discover Texas. Saturdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. Ow. 
worldwide on kzfm.org. I want to tell you about Texas Radio and the Big B. We at KZSM are grateful for the support and acceptance we have received from our community and beyond. Our staff and volunteers, who are your friends, neighbors, and co-workers, strive to bring you original, locally produced programming that is relevant and reflects the diversity and color that makes us San Marcos. We understand that these are difficult financial times for everyone. Asking for donations to support community radio at this time seems like a lot. However, there are still ways you can help. Because the pandemic has forced many folks to quarantine at home, shopping online has become one way to avoid contact with others and to maintain social distancing. With this in mind, KZSM is now a partner with the Amazon Smile Foundation. You can now do your shopping online and donate to a good cause at the same time. The Amazon Smile Foundation will donate a portion of the purchase price from your eligible Amazon Smile purchases. If you already have the Amazon Shopping app, Simply go to the settings for that app on your device and activate Amazon Smile. Then, select San Marcos, Texas Community Radio Association from the list of charitable organizations listed there. Or, go to smile.amazon.com on your web browser. Remember to add a bookmark to the page to make it even easier when you need to return and start shopping again. When using the app, always check for the Amazon Smile logo to ensure that it's been activated. We thank you for supporting KZSM and thank you also for allowing us to serve you as your true community radio station in San Marcos, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, y toda mi gente, my name is Josh, also known as DJ Alpha in the mix, and I am the host of the all-new Latin Energy Show on KZSM.org San Marcos. I'm inviting everyone to tune in every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. and join the Latin Energy Party. It's all about community connection here, so tune in, support, and we'll see you on KZSM.org. DJ Josh, every Thursday afternoon from 4 until 8 on uh, Latin Energy, uh, the party there for you. Uh, just some of the other great shows that we have here on KZSM, but you are here with us on Racist with Kathy Laura. And uh, let's uh, take it on back, Kathy. Uh, Rachel, I had a conversation one time with uh, Robert Montemayor. And uh, Robert Montemayor was an award-winning reporter with the Los Angeles Times. And um, he won a Pulitzer with a few other reporters on the migrant culture in Los Angeles back in the 1980s. And I remember having this conversation with him and I asked him, I said, "Um, so what made you go into the field of reporting, you know? And he said, there's nothing like the hot like there's nothing like the hot west texas sun beating down on you when you're picking cotton he said i knew then and there that picking cotton was not for me and and i needed to find something else to do and um i wonder now um what he would think because he was steadfast in his beliefs and i wonder now what he would think with a lot of things that are going on uh, in our society and uh, because he was a reporter and of course you know the written you know written things and um the truth is very important and we have this whole issue now with our texas legislature uh wanting to say what can and what cannot go into our history books and we're talking about uh, this 
celebration that we're having and what it means to the Spanish-speaking people here in our area. What do you think about that? Do you have an opinion on that? Wow, there's there's a lot there that you said that we definitely need more Robert Montemayor's mm -hmm. in our world. Um, I think he's a voice. He was a voice of his time. And uh, we need to be more of a stronger voice uh, of our culture because I myself am like Robert. I wasn't a, a field worker, nothing like I I can't tell you what it was to be in the hot sun. And so in conversating with my husband, my husband was. So he knows the how it is to be out there. And he said it was like a mile and a half strip down one one aisle, you know, of picking cotton or picking whatever, you know, onions or whatever he was picking. And then a mile and a half back. So there wasn't water, there wasn't bathrooms, um, the things that are of convenience today, you know, he says it was difficult. And then to, to end the week with such a small dollar amount, you know, it like, wow. And, and so in hearing him, you could hear in his voice, the, the tiresome, the, the hardness of working in that field. So now if our if our generation now doesn't understand what what it was to work in the fields back in the day it's easy to cancel that it's easy to just remove that that was of not importance today so we don't need to talk about that um and but it is it is because it tells you where your produce comes from at the grocery store you know it it explains that someone picked that for you and so we can't we're, we're just it's too quick that that we're just canceling our history too fast and and all of that plays a part in today you know and so that's why it is so important that we continue to educate ourselves on our history about who we are so so that we can be a voice at our schools and stand up to not removing it so easily because we're getting there we're getting there to a point where we're starting to remove things of that are not important and i and i always ask the question who are these people <laughs> that are removing these things? Mm -hmm. Who are they? Is it, where are, where's our voice? You know, we're losing our, our generation. We're losing, uh, you know, even people over 50 or 60, you know, it's almost like, oh, you're old and you don't know technology. So your voice is not being heard. I hear that a lot. Like your voice is not of importance because you don't understand technology today. And it's like, but back, you don't understand, but back then we didn't have technology. So we had to learn a manual process that is a lot harder than just clicking a button of someone that designed it. So it's almost like, we appreciate your in, your intellect at this age, but respect <laughs> ours as well because we didn't get here because we didn't know. We don't know anything. But, but mm -hmm. I think too a lot of it is maybe the empathy because you see that a lot in city government, right? Yeah. Where people don't feel like they have the voice or the say so that they're going to go up there and they aren't going to be heard. 
So I think a lot of it too is kind of like what Rob touched on is that they don't want to be this voice because they're afraid that they're going to be labeled as unpatriotic or because you do this. So I think a lot, a lot of that had. It's kind of like when I tried to talk people to come to the radio show. Yes, it's yes, like, we talked about that earlier. No. It's like a, a sense of fear yeah. of being, being who you are, mm-hmm. whether people accept me or not. This, I'm okay. I'm grounded. Mm-hmm. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Whether you think I sound educated on the radio or not, this is me. This is the R H. Yeah, that this somebody is, looks at you and says, "Oh, you know, that didn't sound right," or "You didn't say that right." And there's always somebody that's going to critique you in a way. Yes. So, but you know that that's just the that's just the way that it is. That, that's their world, but that doesn't have to be the way I am because people can get sucked into that. Mm-hmm. People can can that could be their mentality, and even in my Uh, social media you know I can't give them my whole world because Mm -hmm. then I be then I'm catering to their need I want to share who I am you know but I limit that I I tell you that it's not you control me Mm -hmm. and I think that in this generation people are just constantly trying to just tell you what you're going to believe in what you're not going to believe in what you can say in school what you can't say in school what you're going to learn and what you're not going to learn we we've forgotten the the uh, idea of respect you know i i rob and i we have um don't align really politically the same but but we respect each other's opinions uh, yes. and so you see a lot of that now on social media where everything is and i think social media sometimes is the devil because people think that they can say really mean things to people that they don't know uh, right. over a text message or on social media yes. and we've forgotten the policy of being respectful and nice and to say uh, I uh, respectfully disagree, and then yes. leave it at that. But they just continue, and then it's just just this downhill I think that's thing. That's the heart of people for, for today. Go, yeah. Heart of people, <clears throat> and that's why it's important for us to continue to share our culture with one another, so that Rob can get to know who Thea Rach is, mm-hmm. and Rob won't be, you know, so critical about or judgmental mm-hmm. towards who Thea Rach is, mm-hmm. you know. And, and well, I hope I'm not too critical, but I got in, in a no. general sense. I yes, understood. yes, so. because we we have to. Edu- the only way we can learn about each other is if we communicate with each other and find community with each other. Right, and find that community. I, we're gonna we need to take a break, but I do want to ask when we come back to talk a little bit about how we can talk about the ACCs around the dinner table, or how we can bring this back in with the cooking and with some of the things that your themes that you have. KZSM.org, True Community Radio, and we'll be right back with you. Now in the Price Center Galleries, Roads Less Traveled. This colorful and provocative visual art show explores alternative ideas and experiences through a wide range of media, subjects, and traditional and alternative creative techniques. A total of 64 participating artists submitted 79 works of original art. Nine of the artists are first-time exhibitors at the center. This free show hangs September 3rd through October 29th throughout our first floor gallery venues. Many of the works are for sale, and a portion of any sales benefits the art efforts at the center. The Price Center is open Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from noon till 5 p.m., and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., and is located in downtown San Marcos at 222 San Antonio Street. 
For more information, visit www.price-center.org or you can call 512-392-2900. Our art exhibits are funded in part by a grant from the San Marcos Arts Commission. La familia Mendoza empezar el día oyendo esto es algo habitual. Por suerte, ir al bosque y terminar el día escuchando esto otro es posible. Ese respiro que tu familia necesita está a menos de 90 minutos. El bosque, más cerca de lo que crees. Entra en descubreelbosque.org y descubre el bosque más cercano. Un mensaje del Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Ad Council. ¿Recuerdas la última vez que tu familia visitó el bosque? Es un lugar de maravilla e imaginación para toda la familia. Donde las historias cobran vida y está más cerca de lo que crees. ¿Listo para planear tu próxima visita? Haz que el bosque forme parte de tu historia hoy en un parque local cerca de ti. O encuentra uno en descubreelbosque.org, traído a ti por el Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Ad Council. And uh, yes, history is important. And uh, here on Raices, KCSM.org, True Community Radio here in San Marcos, Texas. Back in the studio with uh, Thea Rach and uh, with our host, Kathy Laura. And uh, she's deep in thought over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to ask this question because we're talking about things that may make it into our history books or things that may not make it into our history books. And so how do you... Um, If, if you, you talk about your daughters, how do you propose, so let's say this you say gets completely written out of the history books, in your family or what advice would you give to somebody to say um, this is how we need to tell our children or what do we tell our children in order to keep the this you say um, alive in, in, in their minds so that they can tell the story to the next generation? Yeah, I would need to know the story first, mm -hmm. right? We need to educate ourselves as parents to, to know the story. Because again, sometimes some parents may be, oh, it's just a celebration that we did at Cuartemo back in the 40s, you know, but there's more history behind that. And uh, as we're losing so much of our history, it's important that we do keep that in our mind and continue it with our families. Um, and actually that is where like the RH came as well is like, You know, girls, if it's anything that I can make a difference of in this world is if I can just leave one thing, it's this thing right here because I share the love of cooking because cooking says so much. And so, <clears throat> as I mentioned before, there's a lot of conversation that happens in a dinner table and we've lost those conversations people do not eat, eat in dinner tables anymore and so maybe just encouraging parents to bring back remove the dust off the table remove everything off the table and then start bringing your family back to the dinner table and then just bringing out these conversations so kids are smart kids will remember stories and share this And perhaps maybe this discussion today will bring that thought of, hmm, I wonder if my parents worked the fields. I wonder what area they worked in. I wonder, you know, 
what happened? What was it like for them? What did they lack? Who took them? What areas did they go and work? There's so much there that can happen in a conversation. But if we're not having those, then we're not we're not communicating. We're not sharing our kids with our kids anything about us. So everything that I that I try to do is I try to make a difference in my to let my kids know that this is mommy. This is what's important to mom. Unity, family, you know, food. Come into our house. Our our house is always open. There's always a meal there, you know, for us. Um, whether it's, you know, tortillas and beans. But that's a meal. And that'll say a lot, you know. And and it's that. It's the cooking. It's the cooking. And, and not forgetting that as well. So let me ask you this <clears throat> question. Uh, because you talk about the personal stories and if you leave that to your kids and they go okay well this is what my mother experienced but did your father ever talk to you about the experiences that his people before they got here experienced because i i noticed that diachanita said that y'all were from the guanajuato area that Mm -hmm. that's where you came from Mm-hmm. But Guanajuato also plays a very large, significant uh, role in these revolutions that were had in in Mexico. So uh, La Purísima is not that far from Dolores Hidalgo, where mm-hmm. this Grito de Dolores was read. Right. And well, we all know that the Mexican Revolution just raged through that area mm-hmm. where, where your ancestors were from. So were there ever any stories like that that were told that you can kind of say, look, this, this is why we celebrate, and then... This is the story attached to it? Um, I think more of the stories that were shared of was how they got here. Mm-hmm. The, the migration from there to here. That was more. It wasn't. And it was funny because I know when we were talking about the SECs, um, I said, you know, Kat, when we were young, we weren't allowed to go because they used to have it at Big Papa's off 123. Mm-hmm. I said, and I remember our parents were so opposed for us to go uh, there because the atmosphere was different than a Jamaica church event. You know, it was a little bit more loud, <laughs> louder, and it was outside of the community, outside of town. So they didn't really f- feel comfortable with us going with our cousins down there. Of course, eventually they would, you know, we'd convince them to go. But uh, that was like, it. It was, uh, like I said, it was more of a celebration than it was uh, the reason. The real reason. The real reason behind it. And I think that's where it was starting to change. We're missing that disconnect. Yes, yes. And so it's important that we we not only celebrate the Cinco de Mayo or the Decisees because of the celebration, the community coming together, but also understanding the reasoning behind those that Mm -hmm. we have to continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely so. But... There was, there's just, a, there's a lot of events throughout our community that gets celebrated. So do you know anything that's happening uh, for the DCSAs, you know, going on here? Well, it's funny you say that because I did, as I was going through, probably way before you called me, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that they have that. But um, actually, it's the uh, Centro Cultura mm-hmm. Hispana. They're actually having uh, an exhibition walk uh, next Saturday at 10 a.m. So I hope to where's make the, that Where's one. the walk going to go from? Um, walk will start at Centro Culturas Hispana de San Marcos. And that's over on Lee Street, right? I believe 
So, so oh, the Obana building? Yes, yes. And then um, they're also going to culminate with uh, food, music, entertainment. So I hope the community goes out there uh, and supports that. It's actually going to be also at the um, Hayes County Courthouse, just right down the right down the street. So it's going to stop here at the courthouse. Yeah. yeah oh, cool. Yeah. Seems so like the courthouse has seen a lot of um, stuff going on there lately. The, these past couple yeah. of months. We're utilizing the lawn yeah. there. <laughs> well, and it is also getting close to election season too. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just that's what happens. That's is, normally you know. You're, you're it, right. but, do, do you remember one of our last shows? We talked about um, that I had read somewhere along uh, Hunter Road that there was a racetrack. Well, I talked about that. Okay. that it was on the over on the other side of. Uh, In between uh, uh, Hunter Road and 35. Right. Okay. So you remember you talked about that? Yeah. I read an article that said that in 1910, um, the there was a DCC's this de celebration held. And they had horse races, and they talk oh, about that okay. track. So it okay. was part of this. Mm -hmm. This you say is this them to celebration, and I'm finding out yeah. a lot of stuff about the area that we live in now. And I didn't know that that our our part of town was called a Mexican Westover, and yes. I didn't know That's that there used to be like a Mexican school there. And then when I read that, I was thinking, okay, well wait a minute. Then we had the Lucios here. Mm -hmm. And the Lucios were there on Hunter Road, yes. and then they were off of Hoffines. And then I started to think, oh my god that would make sense so when you cross dixon like that going mm -hmm. towards that yes then there were the two uh, african-american families the burlesons yes. and somebody else was yes. there and i can't remember their names but then you started the pachecos or the hernandez's were there y'all mm -hmm. y'all were there mm -hmm. mr velasquez yes. sure. and then mr lupe cruz yeah his family was there yes. mm -hmm. and then over on our side on hopkins deeper was there mr espinosa the Pachecos, right. uh, Mrs. Lucio, and I'm thinking, oh, and then it was like, oh my God, there are a lot of Hispanic families here. Yes. I, I had never, I had never seen it that way or thought of it like that until I read it. There's so much history, so much history in in the area that we live in. Well, and we're finding it out on this show too. This yeah. is what is of interest to me, is this, you know, we we start this journey. Uh, we're now on the uh, eighth show, uh, mm -hmm. I think, uh, that we're, we're doing mm -hmm. here, eighth or ninth show right now. And we started this journey, and to see this, uh, these things that are being uncovered as we're going, and like you said, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, I was reading this. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about these things. Mm -hmm. so this is amazing to me. Right, mm -hmm. right. So. Yeah, no, and, and that takes me to, like, really commending you, Kathy, for stepping out and wanting to do raises because you are the voice. You are the voice to be able to do that. And I know you are so humble, you don't even see yourself that way, but it's such of an importance to you to be able to go and seek and find the Thea Rachs in our community, the, the Lucios in our community, people that you grew up with, that you know them from, when you were young to now it, it was very hard for us to get to this point to, to you know how it was going to start because it originally started out as a music show but then i said well let's kind of do this and let's incorporate this and this is how it went but i think for myself the purpose is kind of like you say find the everyday joe that contributed that didn't get their due and i want everybody who's listening if you have a story come and tell it yeah. It, it's it's an open invitation to whoever and wants to don't come. Don't be afraid. And I, I th that's one thing that's interesting. And I think it's, it's first the culture for so long was just stay under the radar. Mm -hmm. 
you yeah. know and you know and that was well, i know when i speak to a lot of elderly uh in the community it was just stay under the you know we don't no we don't want to raise any stand you know we don't want to bring these things up no come on out be on the show it's it's talking about the stories feel comfortable but i think that thing for being under the radar radar too it wasn't only in the his in the hispanic communities mm -hmm. it, it happened in uh, the asian communities when they first got here mm -hmm. you know if you look yeah. at at the people that came and settled right. over there in um, Ingleside, uh, they, their thing was we're here, but let's stay under the radar. So I think it's for every um, nationality that comes when they're new here, whether they come documented or undocumented. It's let's let's find our footing first, and then once we have that, then we'll, mm -hmm. we'll go from there. So I think it's important that we all have this shared common uh, experience mm -hmm. that. When the Germans got here, they were kind of treated the same way. Sure. Uh, so the Italians, it, it happened to them. You know, how do you think they got so um, infiltrated in in the fire department and in the police? Because the, those were the lowest-ranking jobs that nobody wanted. And mm -hmm. so now there they are. But they made something of themselves there. Right. You know, they right. came. We've got to wrap up. We've got to wrap up. Okay, so we want to thank Rachel. Do you have anything to close with? No, other than just thank you. Thank you for allowing me this time to come and, and do this. And, and I encourage any other listener out there, don't be afraid to come and share your story with Kathy and Rob. They are amazing people. They're very welcoming. And uh, nothing to worry about. No pasa nada. No. Como digo. <laughs> Vente, venganse, venganse. No pasa nada. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll leave Rachel with that. We have a lot of great shows coming up. Next week we're going to have uh, Gilbert Gomez and Krista are going to come and talk to us about Mr. Gomez and his, uh, his legacy. And, um, you know, I'm going to call them a legacy business because now they're in, in their second generation of Hispanic business here in town. And they've been on Square. Uh, Gloria Delgadillo is going to come talk to us, and she's got a very fascinating history. She's going to talk about her grandfather's store. She comes from the Renteria family, and her mother had Susie's Beauty Shop, which was across yeah. the street from the Arredondos, Arredondos. Mm -hmm. And so those are the shows that we have coming up. We also have Mrs. Garza is going to come back in October. She did a wonderful we're job. Gonna, we're going to do a, jo uh, a, a program on voting and, and all the uh, voting things that she was uh, involved in. And then Rodney is going to come to the show. And Rodney and I are going to do um, a show on the accordion. So he's going to talk to us about the German uh, perspective on the accordion, and then we're going to incorporate as to what the, uh, the Hispanic people Volcas. did with the accordion and mm -hmm. how, how that, that accordion came and in, in, uh, changed uh, Tejano music. Yes. So we've got a lot of good shows coming up. Awesome. So we're going to sign off. Uh, thanks for tuning good in. Good night. Good night. KZSM.org. Thank you all for tuning in. Good night.